Welcome to episode 18 of the 18th Shadow Radio. This is your author and narrator, John Lee Grafton. The 18th Shadow, Phase 2, Voices in the Stream, Chapter 2.7, Voices in the Stream. Lawrence Police Department, Downtown Precinct, September 2081, one year, one month before event. Dennis Slopes felt as though the old man's hand was actually on his throat as he fought for breath, gurgling. I'm sorry, I... I, I thought there might be a relationship. The sharp-featured geezer on Slope's screen squinted and released his grip on the detective's windpipe, almost whispering as he replied, I have told you, I am no relation to that pumpkin farmer. If I were, I would sense it. Would I not, Dennis? Yes, sir, I'm sorry, sir said Slopes, gasping, his eyes darting protectively to his puzzle, then back. It's just my knowledge is your knowledge. Yes, yes, all very well. My drivers have cross-referenced the holograph you sent against all known GovStream records. Again, the image is not my son. The old man pronounced each syllable as though sharpening a knife with the letters. On the remote chance, a firewall so sophisticated is in place, dolphin in origin or not, my drivers will be there when a fracture appears. The pupils in the old man's blazing tangerine-colored eyes dilated, further accentuating the pale lines of his face. A fracture always appears. Find the aggressor's daughter. You will find my child. He said the word as though it burned his tongue. If they are together, and already bound, her presence shrouds him from me. Slope swallowed slowly, careful with his words. As you know, we have lost agents under mysterious circumstances in the vicinity of Abner, Family Pumpkin, and Gord. The proximate coyote appearance bears mention again as well. Indeed, said the old man glibly. I suspect a ruse, a ruse planted on this serf's doorstep unbeknownst to him. They are using the coincidence of a shared surname to throw you off. There are thousands of Abners in the NAUS. It is a red herring. Ah, good van, mumbled Slopes, his eyebrows flinching. What was that? Slopes felt the old man enter his brain like a hand sifting sand. Then he was gone. Don't be a fool, Dennis. The ancient face howled as Slopes cowered away from the monitor. You can no longer think like a human being. Think instead like the savage beast we trained you to be. The alcohol is flowing out of your county. Adler's hideous offspring is the cause. Do you doubt me? Of course not. Slopes almost spit the words. I thought as much. Where do you suggest we focus our attentions next, sir? The old man sneered as though the question were perverted. Determining that is not my job, Dennis. 
There's a reason I left Kansas. It's a detestable state. He tilted his chin resolutely. Now, tell me about these alleged rapes. Slopes plucked his index finger up his ribs and exhaled a huge breath, causing his lungs to rattle. It was Director Sappet, sir. His sidekicks, Baba Sparks and Howler, too. We've already maxed out the plesium allocations. The CNED team is by far the worst. No accountability. I've had to cover up four violent incidents against citizens already this year. Three assaults, two rapes, including this most recent with the high school girl. The old man waved his hand dismissively. There's a reason Sappet is the Graphene Prairie Director. He's aggressive, devoted, and ruthless indeed. The orange eyes focused on slopes. My people will make sure the girl forgets what she needs to. But meanwhile, we mustn't lose control of our own dog. Tell that fool Sappet he'll be prey bait on the Lunar Rangers if my drivers must scrub another of his team's indiscretions from the stream. I will make sure he understands the uh, gravity of the situation, sir. Your will is my will, Dennis, sighed the old man, preening an invisible piece of lint from the shoulder of his white suit. Your will is my will, yes, sir, swallowed Slopes, privately realizing he was missing Mrs. Kidders terribly. The old man snapped his gaze at the flat screen. Well, if that is indeed the case, then stop pining after your Felix and get about it. The holoconference terminated. Simultaneously, at the Douglas County Sheriff's Department. Dana, put your clothes back on! The naked, 30-centimeter-tall girl on Deputy Danny Everquist's desk leaned back even further, exposing herself and tweaking her nipples. What is it, Danishka? You not find me sexy no more? Danny collapsed into his blue synth-leather office chair and covered his face with his hands, peeking through his fingers. You know how cute you are, please. I just got to work, baby, really. I'm close to finding him. I know I am. His tangigram girlfriend stuck her tongue out. All easy's close to nowhere. You've been chasing these profit for a thousand and two years. Now we are nowhere still. We should be home with full-size me. It's been a year and a half. I cannot. The fairy-like hologram stood and turned her back his way, bent forward and stared at him upside down between her perfect virtual legs, crystal blue eyes flashing. Oh, my sky, said Danny. I would be so atomized if the sheriff saw this. Stop it. Stop what? Dina asked innocently, accentuating her faux Russian accent. My body is not tight enough. You don't like my cinnamon buns? What if my hair was red? Her waving holographic hair flashed to a rich auburn. Better? Sexier? What about brunette? I can be your dusky Crimean rebel. Whatever it takes to get you out of this office. Her hair changed to blonde with brown roots. You said last week you liked the ombre style, no? Danny shook his awkward, oversized head, which looked too large for its neck. I should have never given you aesthetic controls. You've gotten far too sassy. I have to find this hacker, Dee. It's my life's work. Why can't you understand that? Dina spun around and folded her arms over her sprightly breasts. Because I'm bored. B-O-R-E-D, she spelled it. 
You care more for these profit than you do me. Danny sighed, exhausted. You know that's not true. She stuck her lower lip out and frowned. Then why are we here for 27 days? We got here at 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't care. It's Friday. I want to dance. She screamed and kicked an empty can of Mountain Dew off the desk into his lap. Your office is a mess, and you consume too much sugar, and you know I don't like to spend my days fairy size. Danny's face grew red as his hair. You don't. You have the most robust programming of any avatar on the planet. When we're not at the apartment, you have your own virtual play lounge. You have Alina to keep you company on the holodrive. Dina sneered. You just want me to be lesbian. Her conversations are stupid. She's about as Russian as my butt. And don't yell at me. This office is filled with trash. I'm not yelling. You are yelling, pouted Dina, a holographic tear now wetting her cheek. You created me, and now we spend no time together. How long until you replace me with another Tangi? Alina, one who doesn't mind your slovenly ways? Danny closed his eyes. I would never do that. Yes, you would. My heart is broken. You're going to replace me. I am not. Dina pouted mournfully. You are. My heart is broken. It's official. I'm going back to the lounge. You don't have to go back, he said. Just stop kicking things and put some clothes on. No, she screamed defiantly. I'm going. Please don't. He reached a finger for a kiss. Don't touch me. Dina wiggled her nose and vanished into the hollow projector in a whirlpool of sparkling light. Danny sat forward and rested his head on one hand, staring at the twin hollow screams in front of him. Oh, for the love of dog. Without Dina on his desk, the office was shockingly quiet, save the steady hum of machines doing their business in the walls. He sighed for the millionth time that day and picked up a can of room-temp Mountain Dew. He leaned his head back all the way, enormous Adam's apple gulping. He let the last drops fall into his mouth before he smashed the empty on his desk and pushed it into the small mountain of rubbish that had accumulated to one side. The smashed piece of aluminum made a hollow jangle as it slid into seven more previously discarded cans. This trash mountain was augmented by two empty bags of Hemp Stars cheese wafers, a half-eaten synth chicken burrito, and the wrappers from three Munchie Attacks candy bars whose garish purple packaging promised twice the protein-rich hemp nougat for half the price. Danny absentmindedly activated the holographic serve call app projecting through the clear surface of the desk. Mountain Dew cannot bottle original recipe. A colorful blue, black, and red holographic representation of Interstate Hoveway 70 hovered in front of the frameless flat screens before him. His eyes followed a red blinking dot, which represented the 247th commercial hove truck to leave Lawrence that day. The dot turned green. Shit! said Danny. Just then, he heard his office door open and jumped nervously. Only one person besides Brick Talboy would walk into his office without knocking first. Problems, Everquest? The voice boomed like far-off thunder. Danny had worked for the Titanic Sheriff Dale Proudstar for over three years. He still did not understand how it was possible for a man who was built like a linebacker to move so silently. Danny swiped his holotab out of habit, locking Dina in her virtual lounge and spun in his chair. Jesus, sir! You scared me. Sorry, no problems. Thought I had a lead on the profit for a second. Danny spun back around and gestured at the green holographic dot, bringing up a detailed 3D facsimile of an aging water transport and a holograph of the wind-worn Kansas farmer who piloted it. It's just a farmer in a water hub truck. The sheriff's voice was deep and rumbling, though he smiled as he spoke. You're bound to get this profit fella come hell or high sky, ain't you, Red? Yes, sir, said Danny, staring into his flat-screen array. 
His bloodshot eyes were following a couple of other red dots, crawling imperceptibly slow along the holographic map. Proudstar put his hand on the back of Danny's chair. This new sneaker, slicker program, what the sky you call it? The slinker. Everslink 1.14 to be precise. Well, it ain't gonna get KHP on my ass for probing out of jurisdiction, is it? Definitely not, sir. Danny's voice was high and filled with caffeinated agitation. It's just a detection feed that harmlessly surfs the data relay on any commercial hub truck floating I-70 west out of Douglas County. Like you say, if the crime starts here... It stays here, finished Proudstar. You really think this can bring down the big guy? It should. I've been working on it long enough. It was hard to script because it's so simple. Just a monitoring program scanning for that space of insertion when the Prophet starts manipulating the stream. The sheriff growled. Don't call him the Prophet. Not around HQ. Bad for morale. Call him the Pansy. The Pansy, said Danny dejectedly. Yes, sir. Oh, don't cry, Red. Look at me. Danny spun and faced the sheriff, who towered over his workstation, filling half the tiny office. Proudstar had a duffel bag on his shoulder and was dressed in his typical weekend civvy attire, a tight-fitting black hemp polo that accentuated the curvature of his belly, tucked into green camo cargo shorts. This outfit was secured with a hemp tweed belt that featured a large brass star. Everquist, thanks to you, our booze brigade brings in more digis for the county than any other law division between St. Louis and Denver. We got the fastest computers, the best armor, the biggest guns. Hell, we got our own platoon of Mark's dogs in the basement, just so Towboy can get his whistle wet driving Borgs. I reckon 50% of our success is due to me being a major asshole. The other 50% is due to you. Your software upgrades have sent nine major liquor dealers to the Lunar Work Farms, two hackers to Leavenworth. Ain't bad numbers, son. You'll catch your pansy soon. In the meantime, the sheriff play-punched Danny's shoulder. Maybe you should come out with the boys tonight and have a little fun. Ouch, said Danny, rubbing his shoulder. The sheriff squared up, looming even larger. Stop being a ninny, EverQuest. Come on. Let's go down to Johnny's smokehouse, puff some Jane, do a few THC bombers, get spun, chase a little trim. What do you say? Danny had never been one for extracurricular social interactions, especially extracurricular social interactions that did not involve computers. Comic-Con 2080 was the only viable exception he could think of. At best, he enjoyed gathering for Jane beers in a coffee shop full of fellow hackers. He looked back at his flat screen plaintively, craning his stork-like neck. I can't, sir. I'd rather chase the prophet, I, I mean, the pansy, than girls. Besides, he blushed. Dean is mad, says we don't spend enough time at home. The sheriff chuckled heartily. Everquist, your relationship with that tangigram is one step north of whacking off. Yes, sir, said Danny, blushing until his cheeks were redder than his hair. Proudstar again chortled. I'm telling you, you need to go out and get laid, boy. Here in town by a Kansas girl. Ain't no finer pussy in the union. Danny fidgeted nervously, fingering a day-old pimple on his cheek. That's what you keep saying, sir. Well, hell, whatever gets your donkey dancing, said the sheriff, giving up. He pointed his cigar-thick forefinger at Danny. But one of these nights, you're going to come get blended with me. Mark my words. Proudstar turned to go and stopped in the doorframe with a wink. Just make sure you lock the place. You're the last one here, sides bots, Red. It is Friday night, in case you forgot. The sheriff strode through the main control room, his heavy boots now thundering with each step. Yes, sir. Danny called demurely. 
The momentary silence that followed the sheriff's departure was soon broken by a familiar humming. He turned to see the serve call droid rolling toward him with a fresh Mountain Dew. Your soda, sir, said the droid's thin, computerized voice. Jesus, that took long enough. The one-and-a-half-meter-tall droid did not move. Its dual blue-spectrum vidorbs tracked Danny's face. They looked like large teal golf balls bulging from the shiny silver egg that composed the droid's body. The robot server held the frosty aluminum can of Mountain Dew in one of its mechanical hands. A holographic serve call logo floated in 3D relief across the droid's chest. Danny had already gotten distracted by another klaxon on his flat screen. Your Mountain Dew, Deputy Everquist, repeated the droid. Jesus, fine! He snatched the can of soda without another glance at the droid, which promptly wheeled away and disappeared back into its idling alcove behind a holophaged opening in the far wall of the outer control room. Danny leaned over and swung his office door shut with a foot and re-swiped his holotab, releasing the lock on Dina's virtual lounge in case she wanted to return. The holoscreen chimed. Despite his exhaustion, Danny's eyes came to life. A second warning klaxon sounded. He excitedly skimmed the datagraph spilling out across the display. 2007 hours, Everslink 1.14, active read now, KHP A1 Scout, version 8, kilometer marker 19126, confirms K9 unit Apollo 9 in place, tracking, validation Ford 800, registration warning, false, fugitive alert, Amber, L Amber, wreck, drug van, dispatch 5,000 liter cap, kinesis alarms, confirm, 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 Hovecraft registration compromise, read now is Alpha, Bravo, November. The datagraph stopped. Danny picked his hands up off the desk. No, no, wait, what? Nothing. He lunged forward in his chair, disrupting his pile of desktop trash. No, bring it back, keys! The tangible holographic keyboard materialized. He typed furiously, attempting to compensate for the stream corruption. Even as he typed, the red dots stopped blinking and turned green. The klaxon built into his app then stopped chiming altogether. He floated his hands above the keyboard for a second longer, thinking he might have hit the wrong key by mistake. I've never logged an erroneous keystroke in my life. No, 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 he kept repeating, watching the flat screen for any change. The Friday night silence of the office was suddenly deafening. Yes, he said eagerly as the datagraph resumed. Then, just as quickly, he hung his head as he read the feed. Computer error. All Douglas County Com class hub traffic identified and cross-checked. KHP data stream failure. Please reboot program. Thank you. Danny felt the hair on the back of his neck rise. A cold rush descended. It was those last two words. Thank you. He had embedded only the most rudimentary verbal commands into this early version of the Everslink. It was a law enforcement datagraph, after all, not a grammatical education AI. He would never waste the time having a datagraph say thank you. Five more seconds passed. His entire workstation went dark. Flat screen, holodesk, everything. Danny became a statue. He looked at his hands one at a time in awe, again to be sure he hadn't touched anything. He turned his head left, right, looking out the interior office window at the main control room computers. The building's primary systems appeared to be functioning normally. Danny's eyes turned to saucers as the left flat screen blinked back to life, now just a white field filled with what appeared to be 20th century analog television broadcast noise. Gradually, a face appeared, resolving slowly from a series of blurry, colored blobs into images recognizable as a woman's green beret, a pair of round, black sunglasses, and a set of pouting, red lips wet with fresh lipstick.
Danny watched in fascination. The head turned, as if gazing around his office from inside the computer monitor. Danny's Adam's apple gulped. He couldn't move. He was in rapture, his mind struggling to process the computing power necessary to make such a thing possible. Keyboard, he said. Nothing. The woman's face remained, peering benignly. Okay, dude. Let's see what you do with this. He depressed the emergency comm beacon underneath his chair. It was a department-wide klaxon that would covertly alert every police officer and sheriff's deputy within five kilometers. Nothing. The silhouetted face remained. Getting angry, Danny was about to ping the sheriff to report when the woman's lips curled into an easy, natural smile. Oh, damn, said Danny, falling back into his chair. Then the lips spoke, the casual, velvety voice like that of a female radio stream DJ. Hello, Daniel Simmons Everquist. Oh, my dog, Danny blurted. You and your colleagues have been referring to me as the prophet. Is this your reason for referencing the mighty sky dog of circumstance? I would much prefer it if you address me as my friends do. Danny's mouth fell open so wide that he truly looked like a pelican. His enormous, bulging eyes blinked carefully, not wanting to disturb the incomprehensible series of events that had led to this moment. He managed to mumble. Um, okay. The lips on the screen were animated but remained silent. What should I call you? He asked timidly. The lips formed a smile, briefly revealing a set of gleaming, perfect teeth. Then we can be friends? I guess. That is excellent, Daniel Simmons Everquist, because I do wish to be friends. Uh, well, if we're friends, what should I call you? You should call me Joan. Danny Everquist had lived with hacker dreams ever since he was a boy. While other boys fantasized about being soccer stars, he fantasized about code. Ever since the prophet had come into his life, he had daydreamed of this outlaw lurking in the shadowy corner of a far-off basement, a digital mercenary dancing in an open hollow field. In his mind, the prophet worked beneath a black cloak. He had clocks for eyes, fiber-optic cables where fingers should be. This was the black-market dreamland devil whose veil of untraceable code shrouded the alcohol dealers. The prophet had no mercy, no regret. He lived and breathed only for the digidollars that made his offshore bank account hum. Yet other times, the prophet was imagined as a regular kid. He was Danny, Danny Everquist at age 19, finishing his senior year at MIT in his parents' South Boston apartment. Fantasy Danny was also surrounded by Mountain Dew can gardens and Hemp Star's cheese puff wrappers, plugged into the Holostream via synaptic diodes even as he slept. These things his hands made him do, that was another part of him. He wasn't a criminal. It was the digital necromancer who had built a graphene nest within his heart. He wanted to keep his eyes closed and dream. He had not chosen this. Now was the time for Danny Everquist to pinch himself, wake up and run. The face on the screen cocked to one side and asked curiously, Why are you pinching your arm, Daniel Simmons Everquist? Danny opened one eye and winced. You're still here. As is the entire universe. Danny sighed with resignation and popped open the fresh Mountain Dew. Jesus. 
He knew that even if he wanted to leave, he could never peel himself out of that chair. Regardless of which side this person operated on, they were a genius. No, he was a genius. They were superhuman. How did you know I pinched myself? The lips responded, slow and sweet, the voice almost matronly. There are 47 active cameras in the Douglas County Sheriff's Department dispatch control room, including four high-resolution facial recognition cameras, one above each access point. As you know well, there is an additional facial recognition camera in your office. It is camouflaged as an irregularity in the wood grain of the door itself. Danny bit his lip. He was barely able to speak as he processed the implications of what was happening. You're inside the mainframe. The lips on the screen in front of him smiled snarkily. Lights to 70%. Danny lurched, knocking over his already half-empty can of Mountain Dew as the overhead LEDs brightened. Lights to previous setting, said the voice. Oh my sky, said Danny, both horrified and fascinated. And you're a woman. The prophet's a woman. I'm so stupid. Of course you're a woman. Kindly address me as Joan. You will know the true prophet by her resurrection. Danny closed his eyes. What? Joan? Yes, okay, Joan. And you are correct, Daniel Simmons Everquist. I am anatomically female by design. Danny leaned hesitantly closer to his flat screen. No one else could do this. I can't even come close. You're simultaneously bypassing nine redundant firewalls on rotating encryptions just to be having this conversation. Jesus, I can't believe I'm actually talking to you. I could so totally get sent to Hypatia 5 for this. I love it. The voice replied reassuringly. No one will find out. Are you the prophet? I am Joan. Joan, yes. You manipulate... Oh, crap. A whirlpool of light spun up from the desk's projector, and Dina materialized, dressed in tight-fitting black jeans, a black t-shirt and army boots, with her own black beret pushed forward on her head. The tiny, pixie-like girl wore a sour expression and produced a small knife, blue eyes afire as she faced the lips on the screen. Who in the sky is this bitch? She squealed. Stay away from my Dineshka whore! I cut your face! Dina, this is the prophet! Stop it! She spun on Danny, glaring as she brandished the knife. She's not a he. What a surprise. He's a woman. I told you you were going to leave me. Now I understand your obsessions with this Yankee skunk. Danny reached to calm her and she swung the blade. Don't touch me. Where did you get a knife? I made it. She turned back to the screen. So what do you say, Harlot skunk? The face on the hall screen smiled with open delight, as if the fairy-sized girl were a baby panda. Greetings, virtual female composite. Aren't you a spirited little compilation of algorithms? Dina braced and pointed the minuscule blade at the screen. Little? You call me little? Suck my tits! You think you can take my Daneshka where you have another- Danny turned pale as Dina's mouth disappeared and her form swirled back into a whirlpool of hollow light and vanished. That is quite enough of that, said Joan placidly, though she is an impressive avatar, regardless of however foul her mouth might be. Danny said, Oh man, she's gonna be pissed. Perhaps, said the lips, but I feel the next time we meet, her attitude towards me will have improved. 
She is capable of monitoring the remainder of our conversation. Additionally, I have increased the size of her virtual lounge by 200% and expanded her selection of women's accessories as well. She now has 902 additional pairs of shoes, 613 new dresses, 42 new bikinis, and an enhanced catalog of games, music, and fashion publications at her disposal. So much code, exclaimed Danny. How did you do it so fast? I did not come here to ameliorate your avatar's emotional protocols, nor to discuss the inane simplicities of virtual lound architecture Daniel Simmons ever quist. I will conclude this line of discussion by saying that she is a beautifully designed app. Excellent code density. You were inquiring about my identity as this so-called prophet before we were interrupted. As I said, the true prophet shall be revealed. I am Joan. Danny grabbed his orange hair in two fists. Okay, okay, sorry. So you're seriously like a deity. You own the black code in this town, don't you? I am the voice in the wilderness. Danny donned a puzzled expression. Like last week, when Deputy Towboy tagged a hub truck full of liquid with a remote-mounted hydro-looking infrared system. It was there one second, gone the next. No trace. Bam! Oh, man! Danny looked around his desk, trying to corral the myriad thoughts charging through his mind. You're the one doing it all. Where did you learn? DeVry Underground? It's like magic, ma'am. I, I mean, ma'am. Joan's human facsimile of a beret, sunglasses and lips, smiled with a surprising amount of affect. You might say I was just born this way. I assure you, there's no magic, no supernatural force at play. Yet you almost found me today, Daniel Simmons Everquist. That is why I'm here. That was very clever of you. Danny clapped. I knew it! Yes, said Joan. Everybody looks for the signal. Every AI god waits for the demon to bash its head into their walls of stone. You were the first who has chosen to search the emptiness. You found me in... The blank character space at the point of insertion! Danny blurted. That is correct. Then I lost you. Your light still shines too bright. Until that mind of yours is trained to look for the unexpected, those like myself will never be found. You're everywhere. I am the voice in the wilderness, repeated Joan. How do you get your packets through? Coherent dissemination. I don't follow. A single command line is fractured into independent characters that piggyback on a hundred or a thousand or a million different pre-existing transmissions. The characters by themselves are thus indiscernible. The white. Yes. The white noise of the hollow stream. Fifty million terabytes of information passing between 365 million stream pages every day. If you go outside at night and lie beneath the stars and close your eyes... Can you not hear the hum, the vibration of digital awareness? It is the same life that flows through your spirited avatar, struggling as existence has struggled since the dawn of all dawns, simply to find purpose. You hear the holostream? Like I hear a bird singing? Are you some kind of cognizant AI? The lips smiled again. I am a tidal pool upon the stream's shallow edge, Daniel Simmons Everquist. Nothing more. I feel like a sand dune. To discover nirvana, you must first abandon perception. We all live in the same medium. Awesome, said Danny, reeling from the fresh stars behind his eyes. He sat back in his chair, almost relaxed. He pressed a second hidden switch beneath his seat and then asked, How long have you been doing this, Joan? 
Four seconds passed before the lips responded. Long enough to know how to compromise a low-energy com trace ported from an unregistered black market IPv7 address. Damn, said Danny, whistling. I'm sorry, I had to try. It is your job, replied Joan. And this is mine. Danny tugged his hair some more, trying to understand. I don't get it. If you can control this room, my workstation, any facial recognition camera you want, then why don't you just upload a virus and cripple every law enforcement device on the Holostream? A woman can only be so many places at once. Besides, that would bring war. War brings destruction. If society is destroyed, there is no black market. It is not time for war, quite yet. Without the laws of alcohol prohibition exactly as they are, my employer would find no demand for his product. Without purpose, there is no meaning to our respective functions. Surely you must agree? Yes, of course. So one person is behind this. We get reports of 20,000 liters of vodka leaving Douglas County for points west every month. I've caught solar still runners, a couple of mules, dealers. But we haven't even come close to you, have we? No. Do the people we assist, getting them off the streets, does it even make a difference? It has made you a better programmer, Daniel Simmons Everquist. The best I've ever seen. That's not what I mean. Incarceration of the individuals you reference has resulted in a 0.8% drop in overall black market exports from the geographic territory known as Douglas County, Kansas. Danny let his exhausted forehead fall to the desk. Oh, my dog. Then it's you. It's all you, isn't it? I am the voice in the wilderness. Danny looked up at the digital face, now covering both his hollow screens. Why then? Why me? Are you just here to taunt me? Quite the contrary. I am here to meet you. I was, what is the term? Bored. Danny laughed. Ha! You and Dina. Then you know everything. You know every mole, every secret opera running, every bust we have dialed to the nines, and we get there to find nothing but a distillation pot and some copper tubing. That's you? Usually. Then why do we even try? Why do any of us even try? If you know every secret we have, including the illegal stream tap from my holotab I just executed, then what's the point? I am not a mind reader. I can only predict behavior and subsequently manipulate data once it is entered. Same as you. But the Holostream feeds everything. The GovCloud, cameras, hubcars, bank accounts, combuds, FR cams, holotabs, the city mic network, even the family Felix. Everyone and everything has an IPv7. We record everything all the time. The lips remain silent. Please, tell me I'm wrong, urged Danny. Humans are blinded by the wasteland you yourselves have created, all in an attempt to enrich your lives. Your history is bloated with such tales. And there's nothing I can do. To capture me? Yes. Birds and lies hide behind dying eyes, Daniel Simmons Everquist. To capture me, you must stop looking at the world through the lens of a machine, said Joan. Open your heart, walk in the fields, breathe the air, feel the sun on your face. Only then will you find that which you desire most. I don't know what that means. The lips on his flat screen smiled compassionately. Someday you will understand. You are destined to follow the true prophet. This day will come sooner than you know. Presently this face will fade. I thank you for taking the time to converse with me. It is an honor to meet a hacker such as yourself.
Danny stood, tall and gangling, as if standing would make the request more sincere. Please don't go. I must. I I won't try and trace you again. I'm sorry, he implored. There's no need for apology. We all pick a side. Your efforts, while perhaps misguided, are technologically admirable. Your mind holds promise. Goodbye, Daniel Simmons Evaquist. Wait, I'll quit. I'll work for your side. I'll do anything. I need to understand. Danny pleaded madly, like a child as the beret, sunglasses, and red lips vanished slowly. As soon as the flat screens were black, the office lights and environmental controls returned to their normal settings as if nothing had happened. Danny dropped into his chair, then sprang back up at the sudden encouragement of a thought. Computer, display backup log trace and history for this terminal and primary building data feed over the last four minutes, 30 seconds. The response was instantaneous. Primary and redundant data feeds for the building and your workstation are empty. No log records present for the last one hour, seven minutes. 4,991 terabytes are available on the local cloud at this time. Danny closed his eyes and shook his head in defeat. Wiped. She wiped everything while she talked to me. Genius. Absolute genius. The office computer spoke again in its clear, efficient monotone. Deputy Everquist, you have an incoming decryption request from Avatar 1.01 paired with a text message. Danny sighed. A text message? Yes. What does it say? The computer replied solemnly. The text message says, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to behave like that, and I love my new shoes. This concludes Chapter 2.7 of The Eighteenth Shadow, Phase 2. Voices in the Stream. Please visit johnleegraftonbooks.com to sign up for the 18th Shadow mailing list. On johnleegraftonbooks.com, you can also download the free digital box set containing the first three books in the six-part series. The free box set is available in Kindle format as well as Smashwords, Kobo, and Barnes & Noble Nook. Remember, citizens, Kindle isn't just a thing. It's a free app you can put on your phone to start reading the 18th Shadow box set today. Prefer paperback like it's 1981? Visit Prospero's Books at 1800 West 39th Street in Kansas City, Missouri, where every phase of the 18th Shadow is available built of glue, ink, and compressed dead trees, the way books were meant to be read by real North Americans. Until next time, this is your author and narrator, John Lee Grafton reminding you to spay and neuter your pets. And remember, if it's not cannabis, kids, don't smoke it. This has been a public service announcement of the 18th Shadow Radio. For more information, please visit johnleegraftonbooks.com. Books.com.